Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9. Mania Talks, Vet Corner. And Dr. Jen Griffiths. Jen, good morning. Welcome. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I'm well, thank you. You've been so busy of late. Good heavens. Uh, may I first up I'll give you a question from Glenn from Gladstone? He says he's buying a rough collie pup and they can have the MR1 gene, um, apparently. And he says, what can he worm her with for tapeworm? Is there any specific ones he should use? Yeah, so um, so the the gene that he's talking about is MDR1 gene. Um, so it's you can test them for it, uh, which is is a pretty cool thing to pr- probably think about doing as well, just so that you can know for sure if if your pup carries that um, that mutation of the of the gene. Um, so there are. Um, some wormers that that are available, so it's absolutely talk to your vet about them. Um, the the main things to that we are concerned about with some of the wormers is ivermectin, and um, particularly can be um, can cause uh, patients that have the MDR1 gene um, to become very unwell. So there are other products out on the market that we will use, and um, and therefore there are things that are safe to use. So have a chat to your vet, and um, because there are specific ones, it's a lot of information. So I won't go into all the details, but they have slightly different um, uh, compounds in them in terms of the parasite control still work you know brilliantly and and do exactly what we need them to do um but therefore are a little bit safer or a lot safer for patients where we are concerned about them having the mdr1 gene now even in those patients you can potentially still use um the usual wormers um because the drug doses are very very safe but to be absolutely safe we would definitely would want to just avoid them where possible because you just can't know for sure um and mm-hmm. therefore using the other ones that are um uh, available for those patients is is the ideal situation glenn from gladson i think he certainly answered that well jen i speaking of, before we talk about our topic of dental i mean it was pretty interesting to read that uh, speaking of parasites that um uh, treatment used to control fleas and ticks in dogs um, will possibly um, help wombats out from that uh, debilitating and often fatal disease, uh, sarcoptic mange. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we use that particular parasite control also to uh, control mange in, in dogs as well, um, if they do have it. So there's two different types of mange in, in our dogs um, and that, that parasite control works beautifully. Um, it's is something that could hugely help the wombat um, population and I think you know they certainly have been um, looking at how that helps them and and potentially seen some good results I don't know all the details in terms of the research they've done um, but I certainly have have heard and uh, about that and I think it is just amazing because that is such a awful awful disease for the wombat population it's just terrible and nice to see it uh, you know a positive story for our wonderful wombats but now we're actually uh, talking about uh, dental uh, so what about uh, you know, how often should we be getting a, a pet's teeth checked yeah so i uh, look i know i probably sound like a broken record talking about dentistry again but it's just such an important thing and we see it all the time so Generally, we are seeing most patients, if they are um, generally sort of very healthy and not getting themselves into any trouble, we see them once a year for a vaccination. So key time to be checking teeth um, if they will let us. And then um, if you are concerned about your pet's breath, if you think there's a bad smell, if you think they may be painful when they're eating and look look uncomfortable, um, then certainly organise an appointment to get their mouth checked because it could be a tooth problem, um, absolutely. So you might be thinking 
twice a year would be a good start um, for, for most patients. They can build up a lot of tartar and calculus on those teeth quite quickly um, and that can certainly lead to quite severe dental disease. It's not only the, the teeth, if they uh, do go a bit rotten and uh, dreadful, uh, the diseases they can get can involve heart and lungs and all sorts, can't it, I believe? Yeah, absolutely. So I think there is um, information out there for humans as well. You know, if you, if you have... Um, or dental health, it can affect um, other parts of your body. So remembering there's a huge bacterial load in the mouth um, and that bacteria potentially can spread to um, the heart um, and it can affect your valves in your heart. So it could potentially cause cardiac disease. Um, Equally as well, those bacteria and things can spread to the other organs like your liver and your kidneys. Um, So again, it's really, um, you know, dental health has such a knock-on effect on the rest of your health as well um, and the same for our dogs and cats for sure. And what about uh, Jen, uh, uh, talking to Dr Jen Griffiths, what about the um, other, your other pets getting their teeth checked? You know, you're not only dogs but cats, rabbits, that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. So we do see a few rabbits um, and rabbits certainly are prone to dental disease as well, just like our cats and dogs. So they can have overgrowth of their front teeth, particularly that you'll see, but they can also get them um, with their back teeth as well. And that can cause really severe problems for those little guys because they they truly can't eat if their teeth are overgrown and they can't actually um, use their, their mouth at all to do anything then. Um, so those little guys um, are much more difficult sometimes to pick that up as well because they're very quiet. You might not notice that they're losing weight um, and that they're not eating properly. Um, so that's all really, really important um, to be looking at. Um, they are, just like our dogs and cats, can be prone to tooth root abscesses as well. And for anyone listening out there that has had a tooth root abscess themselves, I think it is incredibly painful. Um, and, you know, that's something that desperately needs treatment as well. And usually that's um, through extraction of the tooth. We often end up taking the tooth out if you've got an abscess um, formed at the root of the tooth because that's... Um, then ultimately gets rid of all that infection. What are some of the signs and uh, the obvious ones I gather to look out for knowing that uh, your dog or or your pet needs to have their teeth checked? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the, probably the main thing that we, um, the feedback that we get from clients when they're worried about their dog or cat's mouth is the smell. So Ah. we spend so much time with our pets, often they're on the sofa with us or they're in bed with us or things like that. So you will pick up that smell quite considerably if they're panting in your face and things. Um, And therefore, um, if you notice that that smell has changed and is considerably worse, for example, it might mean they've got a rotten tooth and that's starting to brew. Um, And the other thing is just if they are, if they're looking painful um, when they're eating, cats particularly might pour at their mouth if they're painful when they're eating. Um, you might potentially see them drooling a little bit more and sometimes you might even see a bit of blood from the mouth if there is an abscess and you're getting drainage of that abscess and things like that. So those are really key um, things um, to look out for. And the other one really is just not eating at all. They might actually refuse food completely. Mm, Good point. And what, what about certain foods we should be feeding them to help with dental perhaps? Yeah, so there's really amazing things out on the market. So there's um, there's prescription type foods that can be used um, that uh, specialise in sort of changing their kibble, uh, the way the kibble is shaped, um, the size of it, and there are enzymes uh, within the food to help break down the biofilm on those teeth. Um, the other thing is um, dental chews and things. So there is a number on the market that are or do have the seal of approval from the Veterinary Oral Health Council. Um, so that's a, a group of specialists that sort of come together and 
and, and look at all of these things and, and um, sort of decide on what is probably the best options for our pets. I think probably my biggest take-home message is there's no one perfect thing on the market that's going to keep your dog's teeth super, super clean. Brushing their teeth, if they will let you, um, some patients just won't, and, and that's okay too. But if they will let you, then that's a great start. Um, and certainly if you're getting puppies and kittens, start them from an early age, learning to tolerate that because it really will help their dental health in the future. Oh, good call. So realistically, get a, one of these chews rather than bones. You're not a big fan of them chewing on the bones? Yeah, look, bones, uh, they have, I've said it many times, they have their pros and cons. You can break your teeth on bones. Um, They can cause other issues in terms of gastrointestinal upset as well. So your dental chews are probably the better way to go because you're not going to get those sorts of risks or those sorts of problems with them. Um, But I think that it's a combination of doing multiple things like the dental chews, dental food, brushing their teeth, that mm. sort of thing, um, is where you're going to get or achieve the best dental health you can for your pet. So if an animal then, what about that they lose a tooth? I mean, obviously the best procedure, straight to the vet? Absolutely, yeah, just to take a look and have a look. If they've got the tooth out completely, some of them too, um, they don't necessarily need any more work doing. Um, and look, we take plenty of teeth out, um, or, you know, practically do it daily um, these days and um, and they live absolutely fine without multiple teeth um, and remembering that those teeth are often painful if they're diseased so it's better getting those out because once that pain goes they're so much happier um, and that's what we want pain free happy happy little pets oh gosh you totally can't <laughs> agree more uh, Jen lovely to talk with you look forward to having a chat to next week you've been missed No worries. Thanks for having me. Lovely to talk to you. Dr. Jen Griffiths, our vet corner from uh, Pets Life Veterinary Care with Tasmania Talks. Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9.